For example, if you are trying to romance, say, Piper, she really likes it when you are talking to other people and you want to help them out with whatever quests and lines of problems that they have, as long as you're not asking for money for that quest to be paid off. So Piper likes good-hearted people. Mm -hmm. Man, we have altruism in the apocalypse. Yeah, it's a thing. (laughs) It's like, just because apocalypse doesn't mean we're not going to have standards. Boner killer. Pro boner killer. (laughs) Just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Different series that require a spoiler warning will be in the description. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Theater Podcast. Today's episode is going to be something a little different than we normally do. Well, actually, no, it's the same as what we normally do. (laughs) Anyway, today's episode is going to be about love, GTP style, or GTP will go over our favorite dating sims and dating mechanics in video games. Now, this is an interesting topic, and so I have several guests that's going to be available with us to do this episode with us. Now, with that being said, let's introduce some of the guests. Now, once again... My name is Leo. I'm the Geek Scorpio. This is Zombie Hand. This is El Penguin. The ever-fabulous Moontastical. I am the Tomato Man. Now, before we move on, we're going to take a trip down to the Magical Merch Booth. So GTP has been around for almost a year at this point, and so if you ever want to, there's other stuff that's out there. In fact, uh, over here at the Magical Merch booth, they have a couple of different things. Ironically, not merch. We're working on that. That's a project. But you can always find us over... uh, What? It's a project. We're working on it. But you can find us... uh, I want gaming theater merch. What part of it's a project is... is (laughs) I'll buy a hat. I mean, you're not answering my question, so... I'll take a tank top. All right, so merch is in thought process right now. But uh, merch needs to be talked about more often. We're workshopping it. Until then, you can always check us out on and keep up with us on Twitter, YouTube, which has a lot of our other videos and, and more video stuff that we're going to be working on throughout the rest of the year with newer projects on that. And once we get back to it, maybe we'll be doing some more Twitch streams. So if you get the chance, check it out and most of our other stuff that we do with GTP. And with that, we'll head back to the show. All right, so today's episode is all about gaming mechanics and dating sims and dating. Basically, the way that this works out, different games, especially nowadays, have been adding in dating mechanics into their game. Either it's for something more positive or just an interesting storyline take to the game. Now, dating sims themselves actually is not a new thing. Some of these games have been around since at least the 80s. Or so, but as far as most of us in our experiences are probably not until or probably not until other games that have came out in the 90s. And so we're just going to go over a few of our our favorite uh, gaming mechanics that are out there for dating. One of the first ones that come up, and this is mostly because I'm a huge Fallout fan, is from Fallout 2 (gasps) and then later Fallout 4. It's weird because you're a big Fallout fan. Yes. Yes, I am. He's our Fallout boy. Ha! Uh, <laughs> oh, no sponsorships here, guys. Not yet. Just fans. 
Hashtag will take a sponsor. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag could be. Would be. <laughs> Hashtag let us sponsor you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll leave an email that you can reach out to Geek Scorpio on this. But anywho, with that, what happened in Fallout 2, which is kind of interesting, because Fallout 1 does not have a dating mechanic at all. So it's not something that they did from the get-go. It's something that they added in there. And the way Fallout 2's is kind of detrimental in the case of a different... Uh, dating mechanics so let me explain in fallout 2 you have one of your stats which is charisma you take half of your charisma stat so if it's four you have you divided in two you get two six three so on and so forth and that determines how many slots that you have available to handle um npcs that can join you throughout the game one of these things though in the town of modok there's this uh, person that you can talk, there's a, a brother-sister combination that you can talk to. Doesn't matter which gender you are, doesn't matter which gender you talk to. But if you can basically not flirt or flirt, depending on how you go to it, you get put into a situation where you end up in a shotgun wedding with the with the other person. <laughs> Goes something like this. You talk to this lady, she's in the, uh, I forget her name, but she's in the, uh, uh, she's the daughter of, this guy who owns a bunch of cattle in the town of Modoc. And you talk with her and you treat her with some pretty genuine human feelings and such. And the thing is, you've kind of got to, in Fallout 2, you have a quest to save the uh, your entire civilization. This is really just a pit stop for you. In fact, there is nowhere in the main plotline of the game that, that tells you to go to this town at all. <laughs> so if you go into, uh, you talk to this person... Um, and they fall head over feels in love with you, and you have a not sex scene, so that's not actually a sex scene. We just cut it and we move on because they didn't want to program that in. But all your equipment's gone because you are basically, as far as the game's concerned, naked and doing it with the, with this person, and your and her daddy catches you in the in the act, and you try to pour, weirdly talk your way out of it horribly. By the end of it, you end up with a shotgun wedding. So there's you, you, the other person, and in this uh, uh, in this church, which I love it because the guy who's running the church is also the town mayor and the town sheriff and the town any single, any type of municipal thing you need the uh, you need to be done. It's this guy. His name is Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Joe is just the town. Your guy. Yeah, it's funny because like what happens is you find out Joe gets voted for this because he was at the town meeting once. He's not even from this town because he's a trader. He leaves to go check on his trade goods in the in the back, checks on them. Get, it's done. Comes back into the place, and the entire town voted for him while he wasn't looking. <laughs> oh my god. He seems nice. Let's vote for him. He's like, can I appeal? Well, you can appeal to the town judge. Who's that? Well, we voted. It's you. <laughs> well, what about the mayor? That's also you. You know, maybe I should take up my grievances with the sheriff. That's also you, Joe. <laughs> well, funny thing about all those positions, your honor, sheriff, mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when you get married to this person, um, her daddy uh, is or her daddy will put him back with you with a double barrel shotgun to your back. And it's either marry this person or I put two in your spine. Since your character doesn't want to die, agrees to the marriage. That um, NPC slot is held up by then for the entirety of the game. Unless, and as far as I know, there isn't a way to get a regular divorce. 
they could they still follow you into combat and then immediately run away. So, okay, hold on. This really isn't much of a relationship mechanic so much as it's blackmail. It sounds like blackmail, definitely. Yeah. I said it, it was a, re- a mechanic. I didn't say it was a good one because it, mechanically it takes up one of your NPC slots forcibly. I mean, it's a blackmail relationship. That's, that's bad. That's a toxic relationship, my dude. You're, from yeah, what I understand, your character doesn't even want to be part of this, but it was either get married or get shot. Okay, so the player character mm-hmm. is okay with having been coerced into coitus. No, no I no, think th- that he's saying they were no, coerced no, no. into marriage, yeah. but because they so, slept together. So, Brandon, yeah. the, the thought I was going to be a hit it and quit it, and then Papa came by and thought, well, we're getting married now. Okay, that yeah. it sounded to me more like it was the the other person who quote fell head over heels was like, now nah, we banging. And then yeah, like, no. came knocking. <laughs> this, this was supposed to be a one night stand. And now we got to buy furniture. Cause we're married. Yeah, it was. A, it's com- <laughs> So in the game, it's completely consensual. Okay, okay. However, you didn't intend to be married after this. The worst part of that is it brings a literal, um, connection to the term ball and chain because it's, literally taking up a space and it's always following you around in the game. So you literally are out a companion space. Yeah. Side note, this is the only game in Fallout that does something weird like that. And from my understanding, it's also one of the few games that even do something to this extent. Oh, so messed up. That being said, though, in Fallout 4, you can, certain characters in there, you can get into a relationship with. For the most part, though... You can, uh, for those relationships, though, the only real in-game effect is that you get a status element whenever you're resting called Lover's Embrace. So if you're... Why is that an ailment? A status ailment? No, no, not ailment. Effect. Effect. Okay, I'll take it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so what happens is that when you... You have to have a lot of uh, conversations and actually get... uh, Talk to each individual person there until you get to a point in their relationship that they will, because every character in Fallout will have like their dedication mission. And you can find that out because what happens is they give you a status buff while they're in your party. But that doesn't come into effect until you hit that sort of level of your relationship with them. But some of them, like for example, in my game, I it was Piper, the, the newspaper reporter. Love Piper. But you can uh, go beyond that and get into an actual relationship with them. Kind of like in Mass Effect 2, when you have a, a certain level of a conversation with these characters, you get an extra mission to de- to help uh, with that character. They won't give yeah, that... a loyalty mission. A loyalty mission. They won't give that to you until... Well, you... and it's not even so much that. It's actually... I think, I think you can get those just by even recruiting the character. I don't think you have to reach a certain conversation level. I honestly don't remember. It's been a minute. Yeah, same. But um, for these characters, though, you have to have a relationship with them. So not every character has a relationship, a romantic end for it. For example, Strong, who's a super mutant. Nah, he doesn't want he'll follow you because he thinks you're the strongest person out there since you busted him out of jail. But yeah, there's only like. Three romantic options or a couple of romantic options, Um. But essentially, you just can flirt with these guys. Once you get to that relationship level, you will get Lover's Embrace, which is anytime you rest, you get an extra, I think, EXP bonus 
for being having them in your party when you're resting. But yeah, each companion will have their own companion quirk with them, which that gets unlocked when you have that. What's interesting, though, is that they fall for you based upon not only your conversations, but also your in-game behavior as well. Oh. So, for example, if you are trying to romance, say, Piper, she really likes it when you are talking to other people and you want to help them out with whatever quests or lines of problems that they have, as long as you're not asking for money for that quest to be paid off. So Piper likes good-hearted people. Mm-hmm. Man... We have altruism in the apocalypse. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's like, just because apocalypse doesn't mean we're not going to have standards. Boner killer. <laughs> Pro boner killer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's my take with Fallout on that one. Some of them are kind of a jerk. There's like Paladin Dance, who is the who's from the Brotherhood of Steel. And Paladin Dance, won't. the problem with him is that in order for you to get to those relationship levels with Paladin Dance, you have to wholeheartedly uh, join in with the Brotherhood of Steel. Is that bad? The Brotherhood of Steel are kind of dicks, but they also... I've never played a Fallout game. Well, I played like uh, two hours of 4 before. The fact that you're even romancing in 4 is kind of crummy as far as I'm concerned, because you have a, a spouse with a child somewhere. They did. You woke up to watch them get killed. No, the child's fine, right? Yeah, the child is fine. That's okay, how the yeah. whole the the, the the game starts. Off. You're looking for your kid. Yeah. And Sorry, there's that's a twist. No spoilers, even though I know the ending. Yeah, I, I know the ending for it, so not as bad as you think. But who knows how much time has gone past since your, since your spouse has passed away. Like 70 years. Or something. I don't know. I don't actually know. <laughs> Getting closer to that date. I just know what happens to your child. <laughs> But yeah, so that's how Fallout sort of treats that, which is kind of an interesting take. I think it's kind of interesting that your playstyle will affect your romantic options as well. Very nice. That is interesting. I don't think that's really a thing in like Mass Effect. Like the only way you can lose the re- the relationship with one person is by trying to have a relationship with someone else behind their back. <laughs> and then even then at one point, they're just going to confront you and be like, hey, pick. <laughs> except in andromeda where you can actually have all the free sex you want um a- until you commit to a relationship and then they're like hey don't you gotta that. pick one of us so what you're saying is it's free real estate it's free real estate and they don't care like you can sleep with all of the love interests well that are available for your gender there's like one for the females that isn't available to the males and vice versa And then, yeah, you can, like, sleep with them, but then as soon as you want to take that level, or, like, take it to the the next level with one of them, then um, it closes the romance options with the rest. I just had, like, a hard brain click. Like, I totally forgot about the Outer Worlds. There is no romance in Outer Worlds. We get to see so many romances in the Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah. I I need to finish it, but I... Mm -hmm. Love that Parvati is. I love that asexual, <laughs> canon asexual that still wants relationship. Yeah, it's excellent. Sweet. We love some representation. I am. She's also uh, like my favorite of the party asexual variety. <laughs> She's what? She's like my favorite party member in that game too. <laughs> oh my god! Before I learned that there was no romance, I was going to romance. I kept telling Vicar Max that I was going to romance, or that I was going to, yeah, I was going to romance the royal vestments off of him. (laughs) And then I found out that I couldn't, and I was like, fine. 
fine, fine, fine. <laughs> and then Liz was mad about it. And then I was mad about it. And then I got over it and was like, I guess I'll just have to do this in my fan fiction, which I never wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, I have a fan fiction of Final Fantasy VIII that a friend of mine wrote like right after it came out. He was so kind as to send me a copy of it. Oh. Yes. I guess since we're starting with Final Fantasy, is uh, does any of the Final Fantasies you have like a dating option or anything like that? Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> Seven and ten have kind of. I know 14 has a wedding that you can do. Yeah, and that's for like another player. You can't actually like romance. Yeah, that's, um, you have to do that with your like someone that you like kind of know and mm-hmm. the benefits you know there's that quest you do the quest and you pray and all that stuff but it's not an npc so i don't oh. think it really I, it doesn't count for this yeah i got a cool mount out of it but it's a pretty wedding i've done it four times oh <laughs> <laughs> my wife's done it twice only once was with me <laughs> I've, I've never done it no one's gonna marry me i used to have three husbands in game <laughs> Hmm. Incredible. Now I only have one, but now, like, but... I was going to say polygamy galore? <laughs> well, so I'm not certain how Final Fantasy XIV handles that, because I know you can do the wedding quest, but after that... Hmm? <laughs> it's one for each character, but you can renew your vows. Ah, yes, that is true. They have a renew your vow. It's all really cute. All I know is one of my friends refers to their sex dungeon and is like, I have Amrick down there, and I have Harshafon down there, and of I course. have... <laughs> It's like, my God, chill, lady. She's like, no, you cannot tell me how to chill. They're my stable, and you will not judge me. She's like, get back down in there, Thancred. Who said you could come out for air? <laughs> well, outside of that, I think that um, 7 and 10, and even then, like, in 7, it's like the who you go on the date with at the Gold Saucer. And then in, in 10, it's just who you ride on the snowmobile with. Oh, because I was sitting there you thinking. Can actually, yeah, I was like, wait, there's a dating thing in 10? What? Yeah, and you get to have like a, a conversation with the person that you get or that you ride up the snowmobile with. And so there's like, um, I think you can go with Riku or Yoon. No, I think Yuna will always be with one of the others. I think. No, Lulu. But I know you can. Yeah, you can go with Riku yes. or Lulu or Waka. Oh, I've never gotten Waka. I've only ever gotten Lulu and Riku. <laughs> I think that they're all mad. Like, he's not a fan of it. I'm not a fan <laughs> if of I Waka. remember correctly. I'll do this. I love I'm not Waka. Happy Shut your whore mouth. He's a racist. That is xenophobe. And everyone has their problems. <laughs> yeah. And a religious zealot. Anyway. Well, anyway, he gets. Well, that's different. Anyway, Waka sure is a character. You get fixed in this. Walk as a person, that's true. Walk as sure breathes air. Walk as sure is a character. Rocka is there. <laughs> it's true, except in my party, because I hate that Blitzball. Oh, yeah, F Blitzball. That whole thing is trash, just like Triple Triad. How dare Oh you? my god, I love Triple Triad. Triple Triad is like my favorite. You just triggered <laughs> half of the other members on here. <laughs> We're gonna do about it. We're gonna do about it. We can do about it. Hmm? 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 <laughs> Fight me, Rod. Fight me. Hmm? You know what? I challenge you in 14 to triple triad. Okay. I will not accept because it's dumb and a waste Shit. of my time. That's rock it. solid. Damn it. Oh my god, I play so much triple triad. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Got so many. Um, Gaming Theater presents Civil War. 
Leo's going to do some editing at some point on this. <laughs> uh, anywho. So back to the, there was a game I was playing and I got Liz to play with me uh, for this just for this podcast episode. And it was Monster Prom. To those who haven't played Monster Prom, you are a monster in this high school. Ages vary in this high school. Like, I don't know why, but nearly everybody there is in their 20s. Yeah, they're all like 19 to 20, but they're going to high school monster prom. Okay. Maybe monsters just age slower? Look, man, if they, they were held back a couple times. Leave them alone. The entire class? <laughs> a couple times? What did I say, Leo? <laughs> anyway. So in there, you get to pick your monster, and it's very and it's played like a choose your own adventure game. When you're in multiplayer, though, it's kind of interesting because not only are you choosing your own adventure, the decisions that the other players are making will also affect your choose your own adventure. That's really neat. Oh, oh my god, Leo and I actually had each other's backs because so along the way, you get to do like who do you want to sit with at the lunch table, but like whoever I sit with or whatever table I sit at, Leo can't sit at. Um, but then you have like, if, you know, during the, the day or the night or whatever, if I want to go to the gym, Leo can't go to the gym. Yeah. You can but only then go to one location. Weekend events. What? You can only go to one location at a time. So if, uh, if yeah, that's what I, yeah. but like, like at the, at lunch, you can, if I sit with the two people or whatever, or one person, then you can't sit with that at that same table. But then there's the, um like the school events. And so like, if I go to the gymnasium, Leo can't go to the gymnasium, but then there's weekend events <laughs> where um, it randomly selects who gets to do uh, or who like the weekend event happened to slash with. <laughs> and like, there was one time I was really trying to get to go to the monster prom with Miranda the mermaid princess and Leo she approached Leo and was like hey I really want to go to the monster prom or I, I think I really like blue who is who I was playing <laughs> and Leo had the option <laughs> to sabotage me by saying like oh she's not good people or like saying something that goes against Miranda's beliefs um, but Leo did me a solid and did not sabotage me so I didn't sabotage him, but it was also some solid garbage because I had so many good stats at the end. I was doing so well. And I was like, and it, at the end, like Leo had lost stats. He had gone into the, like, he had gone really low and I was doing really well. And I was like, I, Miranda's super into me. I've got this. And I went to ask her out to the prom and she was like, ew, no, I think of you like a sister, but not even that because like the ki the royals are like kind of into incest. So like you're just my friend. And I got turned down. I was so mad. And Leo Wait, got his monster got, prom date. So you got like okay, hold on, hold on. I'm just more baffled at the whole just like I think of you like a sister, but like not even that close of a sister. <laughs> like one yeah. that I just think it's just like, oh, she's just kind of over there. Yeah, I'm like, I was so mad because I had done so well up to this point, and then Leo was the one who got to go to the monster prom. Yeah, I was trashed at the end, and I got to go with my date, Vera the Medusa, and I don't know how I won this 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 date with this prom. 
Although the first time I was playing it, I lost. I did also did not go on a date with the prom. I was trying to go out with with Polly Geist, who's a ghost. But due to some shenanigans, my character wouldn't stop. So I went to a shop at some point in the game, bought a sheet with two holes in it, so I could look like a ghost. But you know, not a not a real ghost. But she's like got to the prom, and she's all of a sudden just just like. Oh, I want to go out with anybody who's but a ghost. So I'm not going out with you. My thought is take the stupid sheet off. <laughs> take the stupid. Why can't you do this? <laughs> but yeah, the whole point of Monster Prom is to score yourself a, d- a date for prom. And shenanigans happen in it. And it's up to four player multiplayer, which was super fun. Like it's something that I could definitely see like playing for GTP for like a one off or even like we have friend get togethers and we'll play like jackpot and stuff. Jackpot. Jackbox. <laughs> um, this would be super fun. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if we if we do a GTP on, on Twitch for that, I would definitely want to get in on that. I'd be down. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see if I can finally go to prom for the first time. Oh, Ben, you didn't go to prom? Uh no, it was ugly. I didn't either. I did twice. I went to prom with some friends. My sister was the pretty one. Showed her. Well, I think you're super pretty. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I actually have another game that I played specifically in time for this episode. Um, I've had it for a while, but I only just finally sat down with it. And that was Boyfriend Dungeon. I was going to say, can I guess? I was going to guess Boyfriend Dungeon. (laughs) Well, you know, because I post on your wall when I finish games. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) So I played Boyfriend Dungeon and it was really, it was really interesting and really cute. And, um, and I didn't like I really, it. no, I love <laughs> it. Um, like there's a whole variety of love interests and the DLC characters are actually integrated really well into the game to the point where like, I could only call out two of the ones that I thought were, um, part of the DLC. The other one I would not have guessed, but you have like, um jonah the surfer there's sunder the vampire club owner and like i did not realize that there were actually like they were actually vampires and witches and stuff um but then there's like uh leah who is latina and there's um two they them characters there's a she they like there's some really cool like representation in there and everybody's super respectful of pronouns um and then what's also really neat is you can actually go to full romance with all of them and there's no consequences like everybody knows that you're there for your summer of love and (laughs) um no one's there to like judge you so at the end of the game when i was like leaving to go back home all of the characters came over and kissed my character in oh front of my. the others and nobody oh. cared. They were just like, we'll see you later. Oh, there was a K-pop, <laughs> a K-pop guy who was in like a band and you become his manager when you max out his <laughs> rank. Oh my God. And Sunder breaks up with you, which I was super pissed about. I was like, my, your max love rank is that you're too apathetic for love. So we're breaking up. <laughs> the weirdest okay. Thing. But then it's also like, so it's neat because there's like visual novel elements, but then it's also a dungeon crawler slash RPG and you get to like level up your relationship with them by using them in the dungeons. And Hmm. it's like actually pretty challenging. Um, So like, I I think I played it for like, 
I think it was the only game I played for like three solid days just so I could finish it in time for this. But also like I, I was, I couldn't put it down. Like I stayed up past when I was supposed to be asleep. I've, I've been tired all week because of it, <laughs> but <laughs> I stayed up late because I really super wanted um, to finish the game. And like my favorite character was Holmes, Dr. Holmes, the she, they, um, who was a whip that refuses to be uh, wielded. So you actually never use Dr. Holmes in a dungeon. You actually max your, um, or grow your relationship with them a different way. Um, and yeah, she's like, I'm not here to be wielded. I'm my own person. And she, you find out she's a big sci-fi geek and I love her. We're going to get married probably. <laughs> nice. Except that's not her style. <laughs> okay. So I have a question. Yes. Do we want to go Japanese or really Japanese? <laughs> oh. I've been playing a lot of Otomes, so I really don't care. I'm curious what you mean by really Japanese. Yeah, I figured that might attract some people's curiosity. How about you, Sam? Yes. Bring it. To the very yes. Japanese? Yes. Yes, talk about it. Do it. Okay. Bring I need to it. Know. Oh. Or at least explain it. Love Plus. Have any of you heard of it? That sounds familiar. Hold on. If it is what I think it is. So Love Plus is probably the strangest relationship game there is because it started off on the DS in Japan, and it's a franchise that never left Japan. In fact, okay. if you know about this game, it's likely because you remember when it hit the media outlets, because in 2009, a Japanese man married quote unquote his character in the game because love plus is <gasps> that was a, the one is a virtual girlfriend game for the ds oh i can't decide if i feel like i remember that or if i'm still thinking of the my little uh, pony guy maybe a little column a and b there but it's like i i wonder if this is the guy that started started the whole thing or just what if we could marry our waifus? Yeah, he literally <laughs> married a waifu. Because I mean, now well, granted, you know, good for him. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, he's I'm, happy. Good for I'm, him. Exactly. The it's so weird. The just the whole entire concept of this. In fact, there's even one game in this series released on iOS and still only in Japan. Do you um, have it, most, Brandon? The most recent release. Uh, was in 2019. <laughs> I'm assuming that that's a yes, because you didn't answer me. <laughs> I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry, what was it? I said, do you have it, Brandon? No, I have other strange games. Um, <laughs> this is not one of them. I would be honest about that, because as my wife has said, I have no shame. <laughs> so if you're curious, uh, My Little Pony comes out in 2010. Apparently the story with this game is 2009, so it predates it. Okay. Well, I don't remember <laughs> which one I heard about. Like, if it, I heard about this one, or if I heard about the My Little Pony one. Or and that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe the My Little Pony guy was like, well, there's a guy in Japan who married his DS cartridge. But can I marry my pony? <laughs> We can talk about that later. You just don't understand our love. That one will that one we'll talk about later. But yeah, 2009 was when this game released. And I remember this story floating around on the net for a while, but I don't remember much of it because I'm like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look into this. It's one of those things where it's just like, huh, that's neat. And then you keep going. <laughs> you want to talk about some um, games that encouraged self-love in Japan? <laughs> 
like solo adventures. And I'm talking about the one dance game that was released in Japan that had an attachment that was basically a vibrator. Oh, oh my. my. And so this one person, this one guy would play a dance game with the controller and his girl would use the uh, the vibrator part. That is beyond fascinating. I love wow. that it exists. I really do. It's also not the first one. I also believe what Leo just said. <laughs> no, I believe it too. Because <laughs> I remember Rez. Steal my thunder, Leo. Well, it's not They that, have it's... these things called plug and play. They weren't talking about the TV. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a new meaning joystick now. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, um, but the, the slightly less Japanese one we have gotten uh, releases. Um, and some of you may be familiar with it. Sakura Wars. That sounds familiar. Oh, I've heard of it. Oh, my God. Did the Game Grumps play it? I don't remember. I know that. No, they were playing Sakura Spirit. Oh, you're okay. right. Yes. Um, so this is a uh, strategy RPG initially. Um, but the most recent one was an action RPG uh, with heavy emphasis on basically all of your your comrades are women and you can date them. Um, they've like that spans so many different uh, consoles in Japan with a handful of them in the US. Um, the ones in the US of note would be uh, So Long My Love and then just the self-titled Sakura Wars for PS4, which is the action RPG. But yeah, I mean, they're like steampunky kind of games in terms of their aesthetic um heavy anime influence across the board and um yeah it's just it's a a genuine japanese good time it's one that we kind of have to just at least briefly mention real quick um the sims the sims has a huge dating (laughs) oh yeah oh yes obviously (laughs) oh my god Although they do the I have woo-hoo, done some very weird things in the Sims games. Um, I mean, the way that I romanced the tornado in Sim City. Mm-hmm. That's Sim City. That's not how that works, yeah, Liz. <laughs> Listen, with the way that my towns were being hit, <laughs> you would have you'd figured, or you would figure we were in a relationship. I only played it on the Super Nintendo when I romanced Bowser. Uh, no, that. that there's still tornadoes in there. It's still a problem. Yeah, but there's also Bowser. No. Um, we'll save that for a city builder game day when we're talking oh, geez, about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> which I've got some tales of yore. I have one. I have one city builder tale, and it's not that exciting. But anywho, but um, in The Sims, like I think every time they make a new expansion for it, they expand your. They allow you to. I think I. Don't quote me on this one, but I think you can uh, now in The Sims actually date death. Yes. I actually have a friend that I could probably get in here right now who could talk endlessly about The Sims. She loves The Sims. My fondest memory of The Sims is um, when I was at a secondhand store and there was a little wicker basket full of Sims expansions and I pulled out a copy of Haunting Ground. Oh! No, excuse me. Rule that of is... Pardon me. It was Rule oh of Rose. God. That is not a uh, sim or a romance. Yeah, no. Well, I mean... That is Rule, a good game. Rule of Rose kind of is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say it was a healthy one. If you're, you're going to say... Yeah, if you're going to say it's a romance, it is definitely not a healthy one. No. They're just and I have to thank my wife for that, because she said, hey, we didn't go to this area. Go look here. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, hey, look, a bunch of Sims expansions. Oh, look, a very hard to find video game for PS2. I will take that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
rant just tangential for a moment i got haunting ground back in 2005 for like 20 dollars used from gamestop and it is in perfect condition and now it goes for like 200 you are lowballing yourself very hard by the way i don't think so back to the topic at hand yeah sorry i had another core memory unlock (laughs) let's hear it (laughs) honey pop Yes! That is a surprisingly good game, though. I I love that game. It is. Oh, my God. It's Candy Crush, and you play Candy Crush to get your girlfriends. And if you get three successful dates, you get adult activities unlocked. Ooh! Oh, my. Oh, this is straight up in a, a hentai game, then they make um, no, no secret of that. They're they're not hiding it. Although no, it's but ki- they uh, but they have it. You you have to be really good at the damn game to get to that point because it's so easy to buff biff it up. Mm-hmm. Like oh my god, it's the ex. Of, yeah, no, I was gonna say the ex husband was very efficient at it. I just come in the living room and he's playing it. And next time I know I see you know boobies on a screen. I'm like oh well. Uh, Okay, good job. I was like, oh, you got the high score. Good for you. Because yeah. <laughs> I think in that game, if I remember, you it, it's a two-part system. You have to also, like, actually have conversations and talk to the characters and yes. get their back. Because some of them have really interesting backstories and such. I really liked how they played it. But also... Yes, you're, you're dating them. Like, yeah. yeah, you have to get them in the conversation. And then when you're on the date, you have to do the date. And if they have a gift, you got to give them the gifts. And then the gifts help out with that. And then you got to make sure you're candy crushing properly. Mm-hmm. And then get her happiness level up. So you get the honey points. So yeah. not just you got to be good at the game, but you got to have a good game. Yeah, so yes. I, I've said this before in other conversations, and I'll say it now. The best kind of, like, hentai or or, or gravity most of the times are ones that have a really deep a good storyline with them as well so you have that's more than just we're doing it feels, it. More, it feels more connected yeah um i have to ask how many of us here have actually played honey pop i have i mean i have i've never beaten the game but i've played it enough i know some about it mm-hmm. okay uh my favorite's the the asian teacher that was the first one I went for, mostly because she was she was very sassy, and I like that. <laughs> I know it speaks volumes for me because my wife is also ultra sassy. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, so anyhow, yeah, but it's it's a, it's still a very well designed game. Um, what is another one? I mean, I'm now I'm just trying to think of just like really bad relationship ones. You're just like you know, Liz, when you were mentioning Game Crumbs, I remember wasn't there like a Yandere simulator game? Um, I'm sure that I think there is um, a couple of games called Yande or Sim- Simulator, but it's <laughs> a lot but, of it is like you you have your you have your fave and you go and kill people who are right. who also want your fave because you know what a Yandere is, right? Not exactly. Um, the Yandere is basically if if I can't have you, no one can. Okay, oh. so they have like an extreme murder boner for you, right? Yes. yes. Well, no, you play the girl and that kills people. Yeah. That's the so gameplay. You, yeah, so you have the, you're the one who has the murder boner for a simp. Yes. But I think I remember one that was literally called it was literally just called the Yanada Simulator. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. And, and yeah, and oh yeah, that one was great in particular because you you had to not only just like try to romanticize like Sempa at the same time, but you gotta get all these other biashes 
out of the way by all means necessary. And it's like, you know, there's an incinerator, burn the clothes. There is a mop, clean the blood. And it's like, the only way, like, Senpai can notice you is if you're the only one there left. Logic. Here, I'll turn the stealing wheel, wheel too. Has anyone ever played Hat to a Full Boyfriend? I have <laughs> not. I have heard, heard that it is messed up and pigeons. That's all I know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know anything about it other than that. May I, may I read the... Um... Read! Yes. Yeah. Tell us the tale of your... Read it to us. I shall read the plot. There, that one. <laughs> Hayatful Boyfriend is set in an alternative version of Earth in which sapient birds have seemingly taken the place of humans in society for reasons that are hinted at but not fully explained in a dating simulation portion of the game. In Bad Boy's Love, it is revealed that Hayatful is set in a post-apocalyptic dystopian future in which a pandemic of a deadly mutated strain of H5N1 flu or bird flu nearly wipes out mankind in the year 2068. <gasps> the release of a countervirus cultivated to destroy the virus avian characters in a desperate attempt to stop the spread of the disease ends up backfiring as birds who resist the countervirus instead develop human-level intelligence. War soon breaks out between the newly uplifted <laughs> birds and the remnants of humanity, resulting in birds emerging as the planet's new dominant life forms as humans continue to succumb to the disease. Following several terrorist attacks by human insurgents... All remaining humans have been forced to live in the wilderness away from civilization in a form of apartheid-like <laughs> segregation. Oh, hold on. It continues now. Oh, apartheid. So. Okay, that's but awesome. Apartheid. There's more. apartheid. Yes. It's, it's a weird word. That's fair. Yeah, that was like, hmm. No, open a link to that so I can say this. The game's story takes place primarily at the fictional St. Pigeon Nations Institute a bird-only high school located in a fictional Japanese town of Little Dove, uh, Hachiman City. Long after open warfare between humans and birds had ended, society had adjusted to the avian conquest through, though with minor bird-related cultural changes. For example, while some holidays such as Christmas and Tanabata are celebrated much as they are in the present day, the major event in the game called Liguimento Legumentine's Day? Like the bean legume? Legumentine's Day, whatever. A amalgamation of the traditions of Valentine's Day and Setsuban. In a more grim case, the term war dove and warhawk have been repurposed as labels for two opposing political factions <laughs> divided Holy over shit. ongoing Jesus. mutual hostility between birds and the human minority, me. the altruistic dove party who advocates for cooperation and peace between the two groups, and the militant First, Hawk Party, whose goal is to exterminate humanity altogether. By the time Halfful Boyfriend's narrative begins, the Dove Party, the Hawk Party, and their respective schools through the dominated much of the world's politics. This is such a beautiful dating game. <laughs> Dating game. Oh my god, there is that is so much more messed up than I realized. Um, yeah, that is that, it. That, just me, or did someone we just... like insert eight hundred fanfics together and glue it with them together? I thought we were just gonna choose our favorite pigeon. <laughs> well, you have your choices of, of romancing a rock dove. That's the protagonist's sickly but hardworking childhood friend, a fantail pigeon who's a snobbish French aristocrat. 
Let's see. Another dovetail that's in hiding, the popular flirtatious but extremely secretive fantail pigeon, a bookish morning dove, a hyperactive fantail pigeon who's obsessed with pudding, an eccentric Luzon bleeding heart, looks like a little looks like a little quail, who behaves as if he were in some kind of fantasy role-playing game. Haha, <laughs> that's meta, I guess. <laughs> a kind of narcoleptic button quail, that's the protagonist's homeroom teacher. And a creepy antisocial checkered partridge who serves as the school's doctor. Holy shit. <laughs> Yowie. For children. Wowie. No, that's some <laughs> Wait, is it Yowie? It's a bird. No, it 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 doesn't say your character it's left open ended, so you can either be a dude or a girl or neither. Yeah. Just so yeah, wow, it never actually wow, says what wow, gender wow. the character is. The ge- the char- the gender of the character is what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But you, you are a pigeon. That this is just Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, think of that. It, it sounds it very like the plot. Um, so someone's some of like actually, I'm gonna go with the one that's the most totally. Um, obscure, I feel, out of what I've got left here, which is the Artanelico and by uh, proxy R No Surge titles, which are uh, turn-based style JRPG games where romancing uh, select party members buffs your character and your skills, gives you unique abilities, and also gives you different endings. Um, oh, that, that's interesting. Yeah, um, they all they it started on the PlayStation Two. Uh, they had two Artanelico games there. They had an Artanelico on the PS3, and then they made R No Surge, which um, let's see here is more of like a it's a little bit more action oriented than the other three. Uh, but yeah, they and it's all about singing. Like song is a very big part of it. I love music. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like Rhapsody where the characters talk in song randomly, but um, they're basically songstress um, wizards, if you will, songstress sorceresses. Um, And your relationship bond with them gives them um, the inspiration for better songs and therefore better magic and better buffs. Huh. Yeah, it's actually um, a series my wife Jacqueline is very into and gets like nothing anymore. So what was that? There's a video game that was, I don't know if it actually came out um, or not, but I remember it was huge with um, some voice actors. Cause it was like a little indie title, but the whole thing was a musical. Oh, chorus and adventure musical. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, I heard some of the music and it was like, fine, <laughs> but the art for it looks like a comic book. It's really cool looking. Um, let's see if that's actually out yet. Chorus. Mad props, by the way, to any VO that can also sing well. Um, they are related in terms of their, uh, um, skill set, but are not the same. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, um... So we used to get Sonny Strait here a lot and Sonny Strait has, he does music. And so we, I had asked him once, or no, I don't know if it was actually me, but somebody um, at a convention asked him once, um, like do a lot of voice actors seem like they also sing, like, what's that like? 
um, or what's that about? And he said that because you're training your voice anyway to do like vocal exercises and to be able to do voices and stuff, a lot of them can actually um, like manipulate their voices well also. Yeah. Have you ever heard Chris Sabat sing? I don't think so. Oh man, it's great. <laughs> uh, so that chorus game is not out yet. Uh, wait. Oh, it looks like they're working on Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. <laughs> so okay. Seems like they're super into the music ones. It looks like you can wishlist it on Steam, though. But I was checking to see if it was like a dating sim or not. But There is an episode on music that we're going to oh. be doing at some point. I know that. And that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, the Persona games are kind of an interesting one that also have a dating sim mechanic. The weird thing is, um, anyone who's followed the whole series of Persona, that's a recent change. Persona 1 and Persona 2 was more like a traditional RPG. When they got released uh, Persona 3, they started with an aspect of a dating sim side story for and building up your relationships with your with your allies. I just started Persona 3, and I think I already know who I'm going to romance. Hmm... Okay, Persona 4 and Persona 5, who'd you guys romance? <laughs> so I've gone over this with Liz. Yeah, yeah, you're about um, to be a party pooper about it. It's not a matter of being a party pooper. It's I a know, matter of the way... Okay, fine, you can take it that way. I'll, I will allow that opinion. No, I was I was just messing with you. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, my mentality of these games um, is... Regardless of the fact that you can romance these characters, I don't view all of them as that. I view them as just um, your friends and your friend group. Yeah, you don't want to disrupt the friend group by dating one and then potentially causing issues later. Right, because that happens in real life. If if two friends in a friend group start dating, if there's fallout, it tends to split the friend group and normally not in a healthy way. So my headcanon for these games is that you date nobody that's in your party list. Because it can't disrupt your friend group. That would Did you romance Hifumi. Hifumi then? In five? Hifumi's not part of your friend group. She's I, just one of your yeah, social I, links. She's just a confidant, yeah. Uh, I did not romance anybody, actually. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Although uh, Makoto has the strongest character progression throughout oh, that game. I love her. That's so. who I romanced. Um, I also want to point out that I dated somebody in our friend group, and um, he's still one of my best friends. Well, hey, congrats on that. Thanks. Because that's we did not really ruin difficult. the social. We did not ruin the dynamic, but um, that's that's for a different day. But yes, Makoto was the one that I romanced because I love her. She is she is best girl. Uh, how about uh, the rest of you? You guys play any of Persona Five? I have never played Persona. Same. I have not played Five. In Four, I romanced Rise. Well, Rise is the go-to because she's not even in your party anyway. <laughs> she's your navigator. That's true. It's Laura Bailey. I mean, how can you not? I don't even care that it's Laura Bailey. I just really liked Rise. And then Yukiko was my second. But um, I could talk about my Persona um, ships all day, so I won't. Shipping is a whole different story on that one. Yeah, that train has uh, sailed for another for another airport. Yeah. <laughs> the train has sailed for another airport. Um, let's see here. I... In Persona 3, it was Mitsuru I, I was pursuing, and in yeah. Persona That's who 4... I'm gonna romance! I thought I so, too. Her. I was gonna say it. Mm. Mitsuru is just, like, my type, man. Uh, Persona 4, I went after... I went with uh, Yukiko, but that's mostly because Chie, like, half my friends who were playing this at the time would 
oh, we're all dating Chie, and don't get me wrong, she is great. Yeah. And typically in Persona games, whoever's got the lover's card, that's sort of the way the storyline wants to push you to. That's sort true. Of. They, they encourage it, they don't mm-hmm. force it. They encourage lovers, it. Oh, on is the lovers in. Yep. It's, it's always uh, the yeah. implied one. It's always the implied one. I'm just glad it's not one that they... Like, they have the implied one, and but they have other options, and then they have ones that are not with your core group. Yeah, they're still going to give you the option to romance whoever you want. I mean, as long as they're an option. I just feel like, I think my biggest turnoff about, especially five, um, is the romance between the, or like, that you can romance your, like, homeroom teacher, or the reporter. I, I, it just feels weird to me that you're like 16, 17 tops and you are able to romance your homeroom teacher or an adult journalist who definitely knows better. Also, the fact that you have to like, you can get to, or you have to get to a certain point with the homeroom teacher um, to where she'll give you a massage so you can go out after you do dungeons so like otherwise when you finish a dungeon you are just in for the night but if you get a massage from her you can go out and do other things at night and it's just it's so weird like that whole thing is so weird with her that is super weird and there's some really weird ones out there yeah i just remember getting the phone call the maid or they yeah that's the maid service that's her yeah that's why i was just like that's so awkward yeah and, like, if it had just been an awkward, like, encounter, that would have been one thing. But the fact that it just keeps going, I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. Um, one I wanted to bring up, because I only, I know Ben has played this, um, the Colonel Sanders dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> totally free. And it, I think oh it, only takes like, it only takes, like, 30 minutes, right? I, oh, yeah, no, you can definitely beat that thing, like, easily. I love that that game exists. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's also the Colonel Sanders um, romance movie, or like the Hallmark holiday movie. Oh my god, the one with Mario Lopez. Yes, yes, it's like fifteen minutes long, and it packs in every holiday movie trope and Latin movie trope. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. all together. Oh yeah, so funny. It's more than finger licking good. Nine lovable characters, multiple hours of. Oh my god. But, like, it's it's insane just going through that and just think, oh, I'm just romanticizing Colonel Sanders. No, you're not. This thing is an entire just, like, wacky slice of life, like, like anime from beginning to end. Because you, you got your freaking, like, best friend who's just like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then you got those nerds who are just, like, trying to hit on you. And then you got the rival who's kind of a bitch all the time. And then, like, her friend who's an idiot. Like, he's on a crunk standard. You always gotta have those. Yeah, those two characters look like they're out from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. Like a himbo, not like... Like he's an idiot, but like a lovable idiot. Eh, kinda. Himbo. And then Colonel Sanders. And then Colonel Sanders and just come by... Oh my god. <laughs> actually, what I love is because uh, when... Well, because Sam and I actually played it together. We just had to, like, voice narrate the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun way to go. Which, at this point, now has sucked, like, one of our favorite nicknames I have for her. <laughs> it's Colonel Sanders? No! Babe, someone had to carve that on a Jurassic Park music box. What? <laughs> Why? So- <laughs> Why do I tell the world? The world must know. Oh, I'm so excited. It's finger looking good. No, because like Anna, she called her character Chicken <laughs> Biscuit. And then 
Since I was voicing Colonel Sanders, I was trying to get as Kentucky as possible, so I kept looking at her with all the seduction in the world and like, oh, don't you worry about that, my little chicken biscuit. I'm leaving. Oh, oh my God. You do not need to worry about this. Leo Try can to... put a censor over the se- over the name. Boop. I'll censor the name, but then this people are going. Weird. <laughs> it, it, I don't it, know yeah, what it's gonna sound worse me. if it's. It's gonna sound weirder if it's. Uh... If I put a beep over it, yeah, that would yeah, be funny. Because people be like, "What did he call her?" It's like the old. I guess the world will never know. Along <laughs> my eleven urban spices. My <laughs> God. I use a season on my chin. <laughs> Okay. Hey, hey, we died in that game. We died. We did. We did. And, it's like, the... and you know what? I, I feel a little insulted going through all this effort to romanticize him, and I've yet to go to a KFC since then. That's because real life KFCs are gross. <laughs> That's true. So it's like only Japan can make like a good KFC game because the, their KFC is bomb, and then there's ours. Look, I'm just going to say any fast food restaurant is better in Japan. Just is. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've never been. Me neither. To a fast food restaurant, liar. No, to Japan. <laughs> the Nihon. Nihon. Excuse me. Yes. So we all we all know Kim and Tim. Mm-hmm. Yes. They told me a story one time about Kentucky Fried Chicken in Japan. Uh oh. I think it was them. What was the story that it's amazing? That it is so well that it is actually ordered and one of the most popular thing to get for Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to, like, reserve it months in advance. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Cause they get... Actually, I looked up the orders of that, and it is a pretty legit meal. Yeah. All right. I have, um, I have an idea. Let's do it. In, right. like, 10 years, we should all go to Japan for Christmas. And I say 10 years because that'll be how long it takes me to save up. <laughs> yeah. Say, give everyone the time we, to get the money. We'll start a gaming theater's Hot trip and go fund like, our hey trip guys, to Japan for go, our go fund our trip to Japan <laughs> for Christmas. So we can have KFC in Japan for Christmas. The sooner it's there, the sooner the episode goes live. Let's go, guys. <laughs> let's, let's rank those up. Uh, all right, up. I'll put that on the maybe bucket. <laughs> and it's got to be a bucket because KFC, baby. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Not just a pun. That... <laughs> Shut up, Brandon. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm oh, I'm trying to think of some other ones real quick. Before I have a, I have a game. I have a okay. game. I don't know if it would count. I've still got a list what? too. But go ahead. Any? Okay, I've got three more games to talk about that I have personally played. Okay. Has anyone else played Parappa the Rapper? Yeah, I once. No. Oh my god. Where he romances, like he's trying to romance and take (laughs) Sunny on a date, and it's all like, like the first song he learns how to defend himself so he can defend Sunny, and then he learns how to drive so he can drive Sunny to the beach, and then he gets a job at the flea market so he can afford to buy ingredients to make her a cake. And then it and all then comes then, together. Oh my god, yes. Kick, kick, it's like, so cute. Kick, kick, punch. Kick, so, punch. It's punch. all in the mind. It's like, oh my god. I did not know that's what Parappa the Rapper was about. Yeah, oh, it it is. Is. it's so and then sweet. You go like, oh my god. So like, it's Parappa and this other guy, and he's called Joe Chin. And just look him up, you'll find it, you'll see why. But he's like, I like Sumi so much, and I want to be her boyfriend and take her out. But then he's like, how am I supposed to be as good as Joe Chin? And he's like, I know, I gotta believe. And that's when he goes through the story of learning how to drive and getting money and learning how to bake from a very angry chicken that gets very mad at <laughs> oh you. If God. you fail, she comes out that... of the TV and yells at you. 
That chicken level is insane. Mm, oh god, I almost threw my controller so many times. So, uh, so what do you guys say? Would, would that count as like kind of a dating sim game? It's like a musical it's dating game. It's really cute. It's cute. I'm gonna say, sadly, no, because that's the Aww. plot of the storyline for it. It would be the same mm-hmm. as if um, Mario I mean, is trying to is in a relationship with Peach. That's not the point of the game. She's just kidnapped. Um, and but there's other no mechanic around it specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's a rhythm game. But it is a rhythm that, game, you and I did the... not realize I, that was what was happening in the I, game I part of the rapper. I feel like maybe it's oh, like yeah. one of those weird little middle games I, that doesn't really I, belong to a category. It really does. I think it's like, it's a rhythm game with a love storyline. Yeah. yeah. There is a rhythm game with a love storyline on it, and depending on which options that you take, like, I can't remember what the name of it is, and if anybody out there uh, remembers this name, this game... Maybe we'll know. Tweet or send a message in Gaming Theater Presents. But it's a it's one that you basically, based upon your cho- your actions in those songs, they let you pick and choose which way you want to go for this relationship or to how to pursue different relationships based upon which songs that endings that you're doing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not So familiar. in that case it is part of the mechanics for the game, it's not just the storyline for it. Um I feel like Sammy's should count if that one counts. If that exists, I could be just making it up. <laughs> well, well, GTP Gaming Studio. Looks like we yeah, gotta get on this. Let's get so, going, you know, We will kickstart this and... The- I, I feel like, what if we make a poll on it? Let's make a poll on it, and so we can have the audience determine it's like, per up the rapper. It's like, romance game or not? Yeah, okay. And it's like, that's actually, do you yeah. believe in Sony's love with the power of music? You gotta <laughs> believe. Because then I would feel like Otome's would actually not be considered dating games then because that is just the story included in like the romance happens along with the story that you're doing that would kind of then throw out almost all the visual novel dating sims yeah yeah so i think we'll we'll let it slide then we'll let the rapper the rapper show up for this one <gasps> plus oh, it's got a rap i love pappy rappy we got your back sammy i like it thank you <laughs> we'll fight for you yeah so, we just gotta believe Speaking of fighting, um, it's not a game about dating, but there is a whole dating system in it. Um, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. I'm so glad you said that. I wasn't going to, but my wife is probably thrilled that you mentioned it because she has platinumed that game on PlayStation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I got caught playing that. My parents took it away from me. (gasps) Well, we should make a party and play it now. I was 14. Um. That's fair, though. Uh, no, the, <laughs> the one I'm going to bring up, because it also involved fighting, is uh, Ryuga Gotoku, as it's known here, Yakuza. Um, oh, they have Yakuza. a whole cabaret hostess minigame, and after you've unlocked that, you have the ability to actually talk with the various hostesses, go on dates with them, uh, go do karaoke, take them to dinner basically a whole romancing subsystem built into this beat-em-up RPG. Huh. I've never played the Yakuza games, but I've heard they're really good. Oh, they're so stupid good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, it's a pretty in-depth system. There's all kinds of different um, characters that you can 
have a evening with in different ways and it's never anything nefarious either in fact the main character in the game is usually the type of guy that's like if you harm a hair on her head i will break your neck in seven different ways um like the the dude is like i see you hit a woman i will break you in every way it's hilarious actually aggressively (laughs) romantic but no who says romance is dead i know right he's the most chivalrous guy on the planet in fact the creator of the series said that the main character, the protagonist of the series, uh, Kiryu Kazuma, will never be in any fighting game for one reason, and that is he would never He's hit a, a woman. He's a lover, not a fighter? Huh? He would He would never hit a woman. Oh. And in fighting games, there's always female fighters, at least modern That's day. fair. But like, that was their, the rationale for why that they would not allow him to be a guest character in any of the various fighting games out there. Notably, the ones like Tekken and stuff that were getting a lot of guest fighters this last generation. Yeah. Uh, no. Everyone was like, we want Kiryu. We want him in there. And they're just like, no. Because he would never hit a woman, so he can't be in a game where you can hit women. It's like, um, this is only, like, this is not actually, like, a romance thing, but in Final Fantasy VII, Rude has a crush on Tifa. So if you have Tifa in your party anytime you fight him, um, he he actually has like a minuscule chance of it's like a two percent chance that he will aim for her. Um, and oh. if she is the only person left alive in your party, he will like it's a really small percentage that he will actually do an attack that will hurt her critically. Oh, um, wow. fascinating. And I like is, mechanics like that. It's very neat. Yeah, I, somebody actually like data mined the game to find the like probability of him hitting Tifa, and it was really just like two percent. But um, I don't know if it's official in the remake. But I noticed that when I first played the remake, there's the fight against um, Reno and Rude on the Sector Seven plate, um, or like the the tower holding up the plate where you have to fight them before plate fall. Um, and they like i noticed that when i was controlling tifa rude would not hit her anytime i went to attack him and he could block he would actually just like push her away and like he'd defend and move her away but i don't know if that's actually just how it happened in my game or if that's like a fact thing i I want to play that game again see test the theory out dang I want that to be real because that sounds so fascinating of a mechanic, especially one to bring over 20 years later. Yeah. And I thought that was super neat because like, I don't know when the data mine happened for the, the rude or like when you fight with rude in the OG, but I did think that it was super neat in the, um, or that it was like a thing. I do love some of those little, like tiny little things that they adjust in there. When um, there was a resident evil where you could play Chris and to show off that he's got uh, this, this um great that he's a, a highly trained sniper there was a random chance that with the pistol it would insta kill some uh, a zombie Ooh. yeah the marksmanship oh, wow. thing because he was uh he had high marks for that like that's the thing with those games though was like he had like re- unrealistically high training for his age he's like oh he's he's got 26 or whatever and like <laughs> And 12 years Green Beret experience. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, you don't. And then they try to play it off like, oh, he learned a lot from his dad. And like Claire's so good because she learned from her brother. And it's like, all right. All right, all right. But yeah, there's little things like that, which I always thought did like enjoy when they put those into the games. Because it's kind of, uh, I should ask Rob about that. 
but it's kind of rough because you'll have to slide that into the programming to make it work for something that specific. Yeah, it's just a it's just another line of code. Mm-hmm. Well, but then you have to balance it too, and that's where the real difficulty comes in. Oh, then you have that shirt that said something like that. It's just a line of code. I do. Oh, I have a shirt that says um, "Cursor Lock" is one line of code, and then it gives you the line of code. Because <laughs> cursor lock, people just learn cursor lock. I'm kind of running out. Uh, does anybody have some last uh, romance based games that we uh, that we can talk about real quick before we head Doki 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 Literature Club? Okay, that one though. <laughs> oh God! Hold like, on, it's I really cool. good, but like, is that one? Ooh. I mean. <laughs> Oh God! Divine romance. Well, are we going to tangent here? No, listen. Here's the thing. Monica is in love with you, and I don't care what people say. Like, yes, she was misguided. I am a Monica stan. Um, only Monica, just Monica. I feel like she went about it wrong, but she was lonely. She was the only sentient character in that game. She surrounded herself with these people who she wanted to be sentient and they never were. And then she got so lonely that she started manipulating everyone to try and be together with you because you were also sentient like her. And yes, I think that Monica deserves love. And I, People need to stop being so mean to her. Sammy, you are getting a stick enjoyment out of that. <laughs> She's best girl. I love her. Uh, I would do anything for her. But the dating mechanic prior to that, where you build, you write poems, and like the more you learn about each girl, um, you get to learn like what words appeal to each girl and so like the super cutesy stuff you find out is like sayori and then things that are about like baking and and things like that are um natsuki and then like the dark weird shit <laughs> is yuri i i i think the the mechanic in that one is so weird because at first you're like what do any of these words have to do with anything <laughs> but then when especially when you start uncovering like which ones monica or um yuri likes and you're like oh oh and the ones that natsuki <laughs> likes cuz she <laughs> has a, i mean trigger warning but she has an abusive household um her dad beats her and so like Mm. manga is her only escape and she uh like just is like really shy and timid and like not shy but she's like kind of timid because and defensive because she's just used to that kind of a home life and then you realize yuri is just really dark and messed up and 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 poor sayori anyway i love monica did we talk about dream daddies we have not. We didn't, and that one is so good. Uh, what? I'm what? surprised Dream uh. Daddy didn't show up as quickly as it. Okay, well, no. First, I'm going to um, rapid fire a couple of things because I don't want them to go un- unmentioned since I know we have a time restriction. A oh, Tomes! <laughs> so, rapid firing right now. Uh, the visual novel dating sim, Sweet Fuse, where you are playing as um, Keiji Inafude's niece... Came out on the PSP, and I don't know who KG Inafude is. A uh, guy made Mega Man. Yeah. Oh, sorry um, for the disrespect. No, that's <laughs> fine because he has a really, really piss poor company now. Uh, <laughs> to put it bluntly, uh, d- done nothing good yet lately. Um, there's also the uh, farming sim Harvest Moon. Where you get to court oh, a and Stardew Valley and yep, um, oh, right. oh I'm playing Coral Island which is also 
uh, I'm going to be romancing people once they finally get the romance um, thing further along. And it, it's still in early access right yeah. now. So. Stardew Valley, I remember, if you can keep your relationship going, because something I really kind of appreciate this, in Stardew Valley, you can get married in that game. However, you also still have to keep up that relationship after you're married as well. Oh, in that, Coral Island, yeah, you cool. can have um, you get married and have kids, and your kids can actually like grow older and stuff. Oh wow, nice, nice. Um, another quick note too: uh, the Fire Emblem series introduced a relationship system with Awakening, which also introduced um, time traveling children from the future. So depending on your spouse, don't romance the children. Uh, no, you can't. That's the thing. Depending on your spouse oh, okay. in the actual time, it will affect the children because every character more or less has a child attached to them. However, stuff like their hair color are influenced by your player's hair color if you romance their other half. Oh, so, oh. so That's yeah, neat. so some like a lot of them are canon children between two other characters in the party throughout the game. But if you romance them instead, that child becomes one of your children as well. And therefore, they get a trait from you, generally, the hair color and or eye color, that kind of thing. Um, and the player character even has a dedicated um, child as well. So no matter who you romance, you will end up with at least one child. Huh. Cool. Yeah, very neat feature in that game. Um and then a very quick one, because I'm not all that familiar with the series, but there is actually a series called Conception. Uh, uh, yeah, that it's awesome. a little, little on the head. Um, it is a turn-based RPG revolving around you um, birthing children of the stars, if you will. Your party members are entirely based off of your children. Uh, they are your children. You have conceived them with another maiden, with a maiden. Um, however, it is not traditional childbearing, which is what makes do, it less creepy. Do they um, spring from your head like Athena? They, they are ethereally <laughs> born <laughs> via your um, emotional connections with other with the with the women. Um, and there's even an anime adaptation of the first game, which also goes in and explains that. I've got one last one, really, really quick. It's just super duper obscure. It's and then the we'll thousand. Thousand Arms, the PlayStation yes. 1 game that came in December 17th, 1998, and is all about a, quote, womanizing blacksmith, spirit blacksmith set in a steampunk-type world who has to increase the power of his weapons because he is the chosen to find the flames before the dark acolytes must have the help of a woman and must increase his intimacy level with her by going out on dates. Along his journey, he meets a colorful class of girls to join his thing. And there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six women he has to date and romanticize and crap. Very old memory. But I remember it because it was funny because I remember a cutscene of the he's trying to save one lady. And it pans over to this really old grandma that yells, oh, you think I'm beautiful? Save me! And she just collides within to him. <laughs> because oh my God. he thought that, or she thought he was telling her that she was beautiful and she would save, he would save her. <laughs> Alright, now oh. let's talk about the crux of Dream Daddy. Yes, I have to ask Daddies. very quickly. What is with your uh, championship Dream Daddy belt, sir? I must know. Oh yes, this was a really fun one. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, so oh, just let one? everyone out there know, El Penguin actually has 
a championship da Dream Daddy belt. I'll see if it's I can get a picture of it and, and, mm -hmm. and, send it, and show it off in, on Twitter when the episode gets released. Well, it all started when he romanticized a smart guy named Hugo. The Bookworm Daddy. <laughs> I, actually, you know, that was a, this was actually a part of a cosplay thing, an inside joke in Dream Daddy, though. Because, uh, so you know how usually when it comes to dating simulators, it's usually the trope is like, oh, you got the smart guy, the sporty guy. It's just like, you know, yada, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, the smart person, the, smor the sporty one. Yeah, the so if you go, yeah. And, of course, since uh, essentially this whole game is uh, basically playing uh, Daddy Gay Care, your dad who moves to a neighborhood romanticizes all the other dads into color sex, and it's just like, wow, I'm just surrounded by dilfs everywhere. So, Hugo is a teacher, and quite the bookworm of uh, so many things. As a matter of fact, I believe his son's name is actually Hermes um, Hemingway Vega. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep, that level. A whole uh, ass but nerd. Whole ass bookity book nerd, which also makes it hilarious when uh, you go into a trivia night date with him. I uh, believe on your second date, and there was a whole lightning round that involved like wrestling trivia, <laughs> <laughs> and your character is just thinking, just like, oh, geez, this is like we're not gonna get this. I'm with the nerd. There's no way he's gonna get it. This dude gets it. Every single damn time on the dot, the other team did not stand a chance, <laughs> even to the point where after they won, he was still offended at the host because he got the, the last question wrong, but he knew he got it right. He Because I think it was a whole thing where just like, who was like the quickest, like the fastest championship loss in WrestleMania history? And he was just like, slams it. He's like, Kane versus Chavo Guerrero for the ECW championship. It was like, actually, no, the correct answer was uh, Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. And it's like, no, no, that is not true. Okay, first off, the quick did long. The kiss was had to last at least eight seconds. And Kane immediately chokes him, the guy. And it's like, and if you actually, if you actually pick it enough on that, it's so great. Because like, he's trying to just like not bring you home on this. But when you are able to like, get into enough he's like all right i'll show you but don't this between you and me don't see anything he goes inside okay books 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 opens the door wrestling mobilia as far as i could see <laughs> and it's like you had your wwe's you had your nwa's you had your wcw's there were some things that i don't know apparently from the indie leagues that people didn't hear about which made it really great for your third date when you go to a wrestling event <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so when I became a cosplay, I thought, what would be a really great pop slash inside joke for anyone who's ever played this game? What if he had an entire championship belt dedicated to the game? <laughs> and so I think I actually helped you find the site where you could get that custom printed, right? Yeah, you can. There's the sites out there that you can custom print. Oh my god! Belt. Yes, actually, I think I found this one as like United Belts. I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna make this like really simple because I don't want to spend a lot because it's already gonna be expensive. Because yeah. I'm spending uh, a bunch of money on essentially a prop that's just an inside joke for a few nerds. <laughs> but dang, it's great. Uh, but like, I think yeah. Uh, besides him, uh, you also got Sporty Joseph, Daddy. the ultra ultra religious guy. Oh yeah, ultra religious daddy. Oh Joseph. gosh, uh, that's he's such a surprise because you find out that like 
he thinks his wife is being super slutty, but you find out that he's the only, he's actually the one who's cheated. She's just out like having a good time with people while their marriage is on the rocks. But also um, turns out that she constantly doesn't it look like she also drinks a lot because she knows how unstable her marriage is. Yeah. And then there's Craig, the fitness daddy. Who was also uh, your longtime friend back in college. Yeah. Who used to be known as Cakes and Crid. And now he's shredded. And <laughs> every mom wants him. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. There, I know there's seven of them. So um, it's like you uh, in real life Rob, now. There's <laughs> Robert, the the bad dad, who actually oh, like is just like... He just like gets mad if oh you talk God. during movie credits or if you talk during movies, if you leave before the credits and he likes to cryptid hunt. It's he, just that like his life is so messy because his wife left him and he's on a bad terms with his kid that like he just is he has this whole he, front. He helps he isolates himself. He has a really, really tough show, but like when you actually get down to him and it's just like and especially if you get down to the good ending, it's just like, you know, it's just like he found out he's really sweet deep down and just like, you know, saying just like he's not ready for any relationship, but he'll work on himself. And it's like, like yeah. bro, that's all we could ever ask for you. Was, uh, oh, there's he, is it Victor? Is the is the no, emo goth daddy? Goth daddy? No, that, uh, that's Damien. Damien is the emo Damien. goth daddy who you find out works um in a pet rescue and, and um or volunteers as a oh. pet rescue and actually works as like an assistant or, or like an accountant or something like that. Like, Oh super my God. Mundane. Right. And I love this. Like when you go over to his house and it is just the biggest Adams family aesthetic. And I think I found a, sh- sorry, I, I blame, I'm doing rating hunting Pokemon right now. And I just found a shiny. Yay. Um, also, uh, you find out, um, if you pay close attention, um, he is canonically trans and he carried his son. Mm hmm. Before yes, because I think because I, I believe in that uh, did have mentions of him having a binder or something. Um, or well, like, I think or that like... he's actually had top and bottom surgery, but you can actually okay. find a photograph in the house um, of him um, pregnant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that of pre-transition. Yeah, that's really good to know. Is it um, Robert? Okay. The oh, there's that is, Robert's uh... the bad dad. He's the one that, in order for you to progress to his, you can't um, sleep with him. You cannot. Sleep you with yeah, him. you can't sleep with him because, like, immediately when you first move in and you just go for drinks, he's pretty much the first dad you're able to sleep with. Yeah, and if you do, and then you if you get do that, ending. yes. Um, there's uh, also got... Brian, the like <laughs> bear the, daddy, the dad dad. Like, you get into dad competitions with him because he's <laughs> and it's like he he. he like he's essentially the whole just like if great job sport was a person it's brian yes oh and (laughs) also like like, i love um when you because you don't want to be outdated and so like one of the first encounters you have with him is basically a pokemon battle it's (laughs) a dead off it's so he's so wholesome and sweet um right who else there's oh who was the music Uh, daddy matt matt that was Matt. He's so sweet. And that, that one was like, actually, I really love just like, because they also have a bunch of mini games that's like corresponding to just sort of what the dad is. So, because uh, I love what Matt is like, you have to like, because I think he might have the most mini games out of all the dads. Because I know there was one where like he takes you to a concert on the club and apparently he's like, he's kind of like a promoter and just sort of like helps everyone out. But he also runs a barista shop and you help him just 
design a nice dad pun for banana bread. Yeah, and also like you get to listen to vinyls with him. Oh, and they try to get high, but it's actually oregano. They like paid <laughs> good money for actual oregano. Oh yeah, they uh, they, they bought it from Damien's son. <laughs> And it, and I, I love that whole interaction too because he just sat down there just like you smoke pizza. It's like <laughs> this isn't weed. It's like damn it. That's so cute. again. That's such a good game. Oh, okay. Right. That, no, that one was really sweet. And I think I remember um because I think I remember in Damien's you had what? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You finish. Uh, I was remember that in uh, I think Damien's there was one thing you had to do where it's like you had to reassemble a gargoyle after you tumble the gargoyle. Oh yeah, I think it is garden, right? Yeah, and actually, I really, I always really love the whole like, like the, the with Damien because I think he's one of the few dads we actually get to explore his whole house, and oh, also yeah. a seek. And I love when you go visit his library. It's like, oh my god! It's like he has printed out butterflies. He's like, oh my god, he has this, all these poetries. I was like, what's this? And then Naruto was held down by chance. And oh Sasuke yeah, you find out he reads like close. erotic Naruto fan fiction. <laughs> oh no, no, he makes it. Yeah, he's he like, what is it. this? <laughs> personal, personal. Nothing. Um, one thing I remember, people were like a little bit. Um, like wary of when the game first came out is that um, and like I mean I, I can kind of see both sides although like because it's coming from it, it was a Game Grumps game and mm -hmm. or like it was it was published by them but they also worked on it like Dan voices Robert um, and they you know they both like worked on it and stuff um, people thought that maybe it might just end up being like all slapstick and like the it being the butt of the jokes and whatever mm, and no. so it's actually amazing because it's like really respectful you can play a it's... trans dad um yeah you can play uh like a not trans dad it... you can play one that's actually like transitioned or not you know that wears a binder or what have you like it's really respectful and then also like most of the humor is just dad jokes <laughs> and so like it's and like... they handle it like you have some of the dads are bisexual or i mean i guess i guess most no of them... some are definitely bi mm -hmm. yeah like, i feel i feel like it's kind of like some are like straight gay gay but then like some are just like yeah they no just, no it's they just because like, i know like because... matt used to have a wife like, yeah and i, I think life. all of them had to have had wives or girlfriends or something at some point obviously because they have biological children but like um i mean like damien is gay because obviously um like that's just how it is in the game but yeah like i think mm -hmm. that it was it was really respectful because there's all different types of dads they're not like disparaging on any of like the body types or the um nationalities or anything like it's super respectful actually, actually now now that you're not like looking at this can compare to a lot of other games you can like customize your character it's literally it's one of the few where it may not have many options but you can almost do like the full spectrum of any kind of person you can even think of for this. Yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. really neat, and I really love like how I mean, like the biggest, like, um, <laughs> like the biggest way that you fight with any of the other dads is literally you don't want to be outdated. So, <laughs> like, or, but or even. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it's not, like, the the humor isn't at anybody's expense. <laughs> and that's, like, I think is one of the best form. That's why puns, like, even when people are like, oh, come on. Like, it's the most harmless form of humor. Right. And I think that's why 
part of what Dream Daddy did is so good is because like if if it's at anybody's expense, it's at your expense. <laughs> but it's mostly mm-hmm. because like you're not in shape, so you can't keep up with Gra- with Craig as much, you know, and like well, things like that. Right. Actually, uh, so Liz, have you ever played the DLCs of Dream Daddy? Um, I haven't. I actually I have it on Steam. And I want to get the game on Switch, but I have not actually gone back and played the DLC stuff. Uh, okay, so actually, uh, did you get to play all the DLCs? And it's very... What I love about the DLCs is that it doesn't change anything about what happens through the story of the game. So just like, whatever you do in DLCs, whatever decisions you make, doesn't matter unless, like, on any of your dates. Oh, nice. But what I love about it is that it actually adds a lot more character and depth toward not just the dads, but how they are with each other. Aww. And so, like, there are moments where just, like, you get to hang out. Like, I think there's one where just, like, you get to hang out with uh, Craig just, like, outside, like, running on stuff and just kind of, like, actually trying to keep up with him on an outside jog. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then you also see, like, what dads just hang out with each other. Like, apparently, um, Hugo and Damien actually go to museums every now and then. <gasps> I love that. And there's yeah, and there's a whole time where just like uh, like they decide to invite you, and it's like, hey, you know, you think you might be interested, and then even looking at it, it's like this this makes so much sense. It's like Hugo and Damien would totally hang out. Yeah, and we know from because even they're... just the base game that um, Robert and Joseph slept together mm-hmm. at least once. Right, and... that's messy. <laughs> and I think it's always a uh... actually it was also really really funny because I think there's one where they have like an entire poker game. And it's just like, okay, okay. And just like, but just the kind of pawns everyone just bringing out to each other. And then it just comes out to the whole like high six thing where one person brings out like a bottle of scotch that has been unopened. Just like, and another one just brings out just like, <laughs> all right, this is my first deposit towards my, towards my kid's college tuition. And it's like, you can't just beat that. And it's like, yeah, but that is a really good scotch though. <laughs> I got a good hand and feeling. And I was like, you know, this is, this is, I feel like this is a nice one. What personal I like in DLC is just like, it really adds just more, more just like character to just the people that you already love. Honestly, I like that. What I don't like is when D- I need a DLC to explain my ending. Not a fan of that one. Oh, geez. We don't that's need like, to. We don't we're not going to get into that here. Effect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like DLC, uh, sir, that's actually uh, pay to play since I can't know the ending if I don't pay. Mm. Final <laughs> Fantasy 13 too, but anyway. But anywho. Uh, that's a topic for another podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. That's a salt podcast. Salt cast. <laughs> salt cast. So with that being said, um, that gets us a good place to wrap this up. The, I guess the moral for most of our, the games that especially that bring out that use these romantic romantic uh, mechanics throughout them is that they really develop storylines and plot lines for these romantic subplots for it. So if you're going to put design a game, you're going to have one of these on there, make sure you put a little bit of extra work on these character creations on it. Cause you, they, you want to have that emotional attachment to it. Yeah. You want to make sure that you re- get, you're creating unique characters that stand out from each other. You don't want mm-hmm. them to all read as the same or similar and just make them, well-rounded mm-hmm. like characters need depth yeah also one of my suggestions <laughs> one of my suggestions when it comes to stuff like this where there's so many branching paths is don't look up walkthroughs don't look up videos just go in blind and make your first instinctual choice 
And yeah. then when you go through it the one time, then go look and see like what uh, achievements, awards, secret crap you can find. That's yeah, my, my advice for any of my these My only games. argument is on Otome's because a lot of them, the, the romance happens um, over the course of the plot. But like mm-hmm. I played one called Caller X Malice last year super good um but the first i like (laughs) there's three routes that are available from the start but i accidentally got on the one that is generally recommended to do third but i got on that one first and then when i i got to a point where um so i think there's like eight chapters or nine chapters and in chapter like three or four I did something that actually made it impossible for me to beat it in chapter five or to like move on in chapter five. So I ended up having to completely restart the game. And then I was like, okay, how do I get to the guy? Because there's the first, there's two people that generally you should do first and second, but it's interchangeable who can do, who you can do first and second. And I was like, how do I get on this one route? And I figured out how to get there. And then I stopped using the guide. And then I only got the good ending. And these ones, especially (laughs) like these Otomes, have like best ending, good ending, bad ending. And there's like multiple bad endings where you can just like die by making the wrong choice or something. But like then you just reload and it like right at that decision. Um, And then there's like tragic ending. And if you and there's like decisions you can make along the way that can get you any of those. <laughs> and um, so I only so when I first started playing that one, I got the good ending for this character. And then my friend who was playing with a guide got the best ending. And I was like, I didn't get that. What are you? T- <laughs> what is that? Um, and so for ones like that, I use guides for because then I know how to get like all of the endings and all the stuff. But like in general like yes like if you're playing something like mass effect or even like boyfriend dungeon i didn't use a guide on you know ones like that definitely like go through it and see what you get and go from there and yeah like i didn't use a guide for hatful boyfriend but so valid points all around yeah i've never played otome so i'll take it that's my suggestion on the otomes my friend actually just played one called busta fellows which is supposed to be like one of the best ones but whereas like in a lot of otomes the first chapter is called the common route and in that route is where you make decisions that determine whose route you're going to be um you're going to be doing uh but busta fellows it's the first five chapters are the common route and then there's the last two chapters are for the romance or for that character and so like that's one is a little bit more forgiving to go um like, you know, blind and just see who it is. There you go, boys and girls. All right. So with that, we're going to be wrapping this episode up. And our next episode will be released as... Uh, we'll be back on a regular podcasting session. So first and third Friday of the month. So our next episode will be coming out on February 17th. And I haven't t- figured out which one I'm going to do there. But after that, we'll be in March. And to celebrate our our first a full year of being in the podcast, we'll be doing the season finale on that, which is a large podcast I've been working on for the, over the course of the year. Yes. And things have happened. I've had to change it a couple of times, but that will be a fun little breakdown for that. Until next time, thank you everybody for listening. And this is Gaming Theater Podcast. Logging out. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 
Gaming Theater podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is a drinking game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for gaming theater, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaming theater presents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.